to either trust someone or to trust themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the thing that I would share is that the thing that I see most often, I think that we live in a society that applauds independence mm-hmm. and applauds hyper independence and really doesn't talk about interdependence. And so the thing that I would most like to share with people is that we've got to learn to be okay with having needs and to realize that that is just part of being human. You know, Um, I think that we can attach so much stigma and so much shame to, oh man, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. That means that I must be deficient in some way because I can't do it all alone. Right. Um, And what I would say is that you were never meant to. As human beings, we are designed to be connected. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Moments with Chrissy. In this episode, we will be joined by a very special guest um, who I was, you know, I got really lucky to have met this person. And it's great to have heard her story briefly in our previous conversation. I'm really excited for you to learn more about her journey to where she has come to. And so I would love to welcome you, Kim. And Kim Kimball is a certified life coach who helps ambitious women who have to have thriving relationships with their partners, family, friends, and colleagues by healing, codependency, enmeshment, and hyper-independence. Now, she uses a mind-body-based approach, and she coaches women to understand the why, which is a very important part, behind the patterns of relating, and to be able to return to a place of sovereignty, power, and harmonious connection. Now, we would really learn a lot from her about healing and that's you know a huge conversation that we want to have in this podcast and so i'm super duper excited to welcome you our special guest kim in this conversation hi kim hi thank you so much for having me chrissy it's great to be here of course i'm super glad that you're here as well i'm i'm really excited and uh, last time we talked, I already had so many questions in mind that I wanted to ask you because I think this is always, you know, it's all, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's, always, there's always something um, to talk about when it comes to healing. And that's something that we're all doing as a world right now. So but before we dive in, I always want to start with a few um, just random basic questions. And it's mostly to get to know you better on my end and also for the audience to get to know you as well. Yeah, so, love it. Yeah. So it's very, it, it's quite random. So uh, just brace yourself. Nothing crazy though. <laughs> but okay, so my first question is, are you a night owl or an early bird? Ooh, night owl. Easy question. Oh, 100%. My husband tries to get me to go to bed early all the time, and yes. I just fail desperately. <laughs> I, w- I, I don't know. Like, It's not that I don't talk in the morning or yeah. that I'm grumpy in the morning. I just I like a slow start and a slow morning, mm-hmm. and I really don't start doing anything or working until like 10 or 11 a.m. So mm-hmm. I think that puts me in the night owl camp. 
yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, no, I love <laughs> that. I think it's good because you, you know 100% I'm a night owl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, my next question, actually, two. it's a two question combined in one question, but what's the first thing and last thing you do in a day gen- generally? So the first thing I do, I mean, I'm just going to be brutally honest. I wish this wasn't the case, but I look at my phone. And I check my emails. (laughs) Yes. Um, I I am working to change that habit, but I'm being honest and I'm telling you the first thing that comes to mind. Um, The last thing that I do at night, my husband and I have a nighttime routine where we (gasps) sort of reflect on the day and we pray together um, and we snuggle a little bit. And um, I still still like to be tucked in. Yeah. Yeah. That's my last thing of the day. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a great way to end the day for yeah. sure. Um, that definitely would keep you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and speaking of phone, um, what is the app that you love to use the most? I've got to do two because oh. I'm I yeah I can't choose one of these. Um, okay. So Instagram, I adore. Yeah, And that really just comes from my background and I'm Instagram is changing so much and it breaks my heart a little bit, right. meaning that it's changing obviously to favor videos and yes. reels and that sort of thing. But I mean, I'm a photography person. I used to yes. want to be a photography major. I appreciate the craft and the art and the beauty behind it. So, um, there's something about too, you know, pairing, uh, you know, the, the art of the photos with the words that just really speaks to my soul. And I love, so I love Instagram for that, yes. that reason. Um, and then the other app that I really, really like, and I couldn't get by without is Voxer just simply because I have, mm-hmm. first of all, I mean, I, I do a lot of client coaching on Voxer, but second of all, I have a lot of friends that aren't, you know, in my, in my hometown and my proximity that I've met from all over, um, that I keep in touch with them that way. And I, 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 a day doesn't go by that I'm not having, you know, a pretty substantial conversation on Voxer. And it's just allowed me to maintain some long distance friendships that are very dear to me. So, Oh, I actually never heard of that app, but I'm definitely look, I want to look into it. Is it like a messaging? Yeah. It's like WhatsApp. If you're more familiar with WhatsApp, it's the same. Um, yeah, it's it's super similar to that. Or oh, okay. Signal or, you know, any any of those. There's so many out there, apps. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see. Well, I love that you pointed out that you love photography. Um, so I'm guessing you prefer still pictures over motion pictures. You know, or, I like kind of a combo. Yeah. Like for me personally, my gift is still pictures. And it's very interesting because my husband is very video oriented. And oh. he's great at producing like he kind of does our like family videos (laughs) um, and he'll spend so much time on it and they're beautiful renditions of really, you know, making videos of our life together and it's gorgeous. Um, But for me, you know, my, my brain and my artistic eye works in still photos. So me doing it, I prefer to do that, but I really enjoy watching video as well. Okay, makes sense, hundred yeah. percent. And so, uh, last few questions. So, the second to last question is: Are you a sun? Well, actually, maybe I think I know the answer to this. Sunrise or sunset? I think you you're a sunset person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm I. 
if I am up to see the sunrise, something has gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to, be, to be in my, you know, and, and where I'm at right now, I haven't gotten blackout curtains yet. And so yes. every single time when the sun comes up, I will put my night mask on. Yes. And I'm like, nope, still sleeping, still sleeping. <laughs> Don't like you just want it to be completely yes. like yeah blackout okay awesome well my last question Kim is a question that I do ask do love to ask all my guests is what is your spirit animal Ooh, an owl an owl yeah I I have a thing for owls I've had a thing for owls as long as I can remember I have a thing yes. for birds in general but owls in particular Mm-hmm. I just think they are the coolest creatures ever, how they can like swivel their head all the way around, how big their eyes are. Um, and I feel like obviously the, the, the association with owls is wisdom. And I've always kind of felt like I have sort of an old soul mm-hmm. and, and wisdom to offer. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think an owl for sure. An owl. Oh, that's perfect. You're definitely a night owl then that works. Perfectly. Yes. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, no, it's great. It definitely there's some sink in there. Um, yeah. That's why you enjoy the evenings probably as much yeah. as you already do. Awesome. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for answering those, Kim. Um, so we'll dive right in. And I do like to start with this question so we can um, get a bigger picture of your journey. So if we were to ask you or if you know, a stranger would ask you who is Kim and who are you? How would you typically, or how do you see answering that question? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And when sometimes it feels really hard to define, you know, um, because I think we can go superficial with like, Oh, my likes, my dislikes, these are my preferences, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, we can sort of go with, who we've been through or what our values are. Um, but I feel like I would say, you know, that I feel like I'm somebody that was born with like this innate sense of really big purpose. And that I've always been somebody who I'm not really satisfied with the status quo. I Mm. think there's a lot of, of things where, I've tried to like quiet my soul, so to speak, or like be satisfied with the way things are. But I've always been somebody who um, like living in integrity to what I feel inside me has been of utmost importance to me. And I've just Mm -hmm. been really known to burn everything down (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. that isn't really in alignment with that. And if something feels like it's not alignment with who I am or what I have created, who I'm created to be, um, that I'm really somebody that is okay with making really big pivots, really big shifts, really big changes in order to live in alignment. So Mm -hmm. I think my answer to that is that I'm somebody who, who really my highest calling is to live in alignment with my truth. Um, and that that's my mission every single day. I know that's kind of broad strokes and I'm happy yeah. to get into more if you want, but yeah, for sure. Just thinking yeah. how to boil that down. Of course. Yeah. No. Um, the reason why I love asking that question is because it really shows me and it makes me understand the person in a grander, grander picture because you can say anything, right? You can say mm-hmm. um, that I'm a certified life coach or these are the types of conversations that I have with the people I interact with. But then the 
first thing that comes to your mind is probably the biggest value that you find within mm. you. And that's alignment. Um, and definitely that's something that I saw in your profile, um, just also in our brief conversation before. There's so much honesty and you are so comfortable with yourself that I'm like, okay, mm. I feel like there's definitely more things that we can unravel in this conversation. So yeah, oh, I guess, yeah, well, that uh, with that being said, I, I love to hear more about this alignment that you're saying. Has that always been something that you felt was true to you, Kim? Or ha- was that something that you somehow, um, through your experience, you found that this was important to you? Yeah, I would say no. It's definitely not something that I always knew to be true of me. It's something that I've, like a lot of things, I've had to learn through struggle and Mm -hmm. through really um, kind of butting up against things feeling really uncomfortable, you know? So I mentioned photography briefly, but when I was growing up, I used to want to be a National Geographic photographer. I was in high school and I took photography classes And I did my own darkroom work and it was just magical to me. Um, And I used to tell my parents, I want to be a National Geographic photographer. I want to be a photographer. Um, And my parents would always tell me, you know, no, that's like a hobby. That's not something you really do. And they kind of like encouraged me to tone it down and encouraged me to choose something that I knew that I could always support myself in and always make a living in and that I could like do the arts, you know, kind of like on the side. Um, and so, I mean, I think my first really big lesson in alignment came because I listened to my parents and instead of listening to my own soul, And I really decided to, okay, I'm good at math. I'm good at science. I'm going to go this route. And I got my doctorate in physical therapy, which is a long freaking time of education (laughs) for anybody. (laughs) You know, and I I went through so much school and so much debt. um, And then I got out and I worked for many, many years in this profession. And it was just something that never felt like it sat right Uh, or never felt like it sat well um it always felt like you know like this isn't really what i'm meant to be doing and i don't know what it is but it's not this um Mm -hmm. and so again like i say it was kind of it came upon me by by feeling that friction of not this you know um and at a certain point in time after doing this for many years i ended up quitting my job and backpacking around the world by myself because Mm -hmm. Um, I just reached the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I had this really deep soul searching and figuring out who I really am and what I'm really meant to do. And I came back with a business idea and I learned about life coaching and it felt like everything clicked into place for me. And I realized I'm like, oh, this is it. You know, this, this is, is what pain. I was looking for. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm taking a years long journey, right? And I'm condensing it into a very, I want to make sure and say that because I think a lot of times people can think when they're not stumbling upon this stuff really quickly, something's wrong. This took mm-hmm. me years, you know, it was mm-hmm. years against struggling against this. Something doesn't feel right. Something isn't meshing right in my, in my system. Um, So as I said, I really feel like for me, it wasn't something that came naturally. It's been something I, I will say that I feel like I'm somebody that 
I am willing to take big risks mm-hmm. when it comes to um, something not feeling right. I think that there are a lot of things and times where maybe a, a different person would would kind of suck it up and deal with it and say, d- deal with like a low level sense of frustration or this doesn't feel quite right, but I'm making X, Y, Z money or it's fine. It doesn't have to be like exactly great or perfect. And for me, if I don't feel like this is what I'm here for, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to burn it down and I'm going to yeah. figure out what, what else needs to be different. And I'm going to keep going until I create the life that I feel like I was meant for. So yeah, no, and that's that's super important, especially during the pandemic. I'm sure a lot of people are a lot of the conversations that I've been having, even with friends, are like, "Okay, who am I really, or what am I meant to do?" Because life seems much shorter now, and time feels much mm. because of right. You can't do everything. You can't plan way ahead of time and actually execute it. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or tonight, right? And so I I really like what you've mentioned about, you know, being authentic to yourself and making that decision because it's your truth at the end of the day is like, this is the path that you're going to take. And it's if it's not going to be now, when is it going to be? It's always going to be a nudge that you would get, right? And so... Yeah. Yeah, walk us through on, I'm sure, because it was probably a big decision for you to go to that backpacking trip from your, you know, your previous role before that. What was the thought process and how did you make that leap of like, you know what, I'm going to go on this adventure and also walk us through on when you found that life coaching was for you. Yeah, yeah. So a little more background and context on that. At the time where I decided to make that trip, Right before then, I was in a relationship with a, a person that I thought I was going to marry, and I was just head over heels in love with him and mm-hmm. thought it was leading to marriage. And long story short, we ended up breaking up, and it was a very traumatic breakup for me. And it was only through that breakup that I realized when there was no longer that potential for a lifelong union with this person that I realized, oh, there's a lot of things that I was really like pinning my hopes and dreams on this thing happening and changing things in my life that, you know, and I think so many people do this of, well, when this changes, then I will be happy. Or Mm -hmm. when I have this, then things will change for me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I was doing that with this relationship. I was thinking to myself, oh, well, when I get married, I won't have to work as much in this job that I don't like very much. And I, I'll, I'll have kids and I won't have to, you know, do this job full time. And this will, you know, I was, I was, in other words, I was looking to things external to me to Mm -hmm. change in order to make my life more. So what I wanted instead of me having the power to change. And when all of that came crumbling down, it was very much this instance where I was like, what am I going to do to make this happen and to make yes. my life what I want? Because nobody's coming to save me. Yes. I have to save myself. And so that was the moment where I decided I had nothing left to lose. There was nothing, there was nothing here, you know, that was enticing me anymore. And I realized that I had nothing to lose and everything to gain by sort of changing things up in this really drastic Mm -hmm. and dramatic fashion. At that time in my life, 
I was not in a space where I was trusting my inner voice and my inner knowings nearly as much. So Mm -hmm. it was a pretty agonizing process to, to go, to be quite honest with you. There was a lot of talking to people outside of me, a lot of advice, a lot of, you know, wise mentors that were sort of counseling me. And I'm not negating any of those things. I think all of that, when you're making such a big decision can be so helpful. And I'm not I'm saying to not do that, but I think I relied on it at that point in time to an unhealthy level of needing all of, again, this external support outside of myself instead of trusting what I knew inside myself. But eventually I came to that point where um, I was like, I got to, I got to do this. I feel like everything in my life is lining up. I remember that there was this, this is a fun little detail, but I went on a vacation in Colorado with my mom and we went to this like amazing bookstore and I love books. And there was this book called the crossroads of should and must. And, and it's by L Luna. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. I highly recommend anyone getting it. It literally completely changed my life. And this was at the point where I was grappling with it. And I really took it as like this tangible sign that I could hold on to. And it was talking about all all the ways that, you know, we can make a life that's all about what you should do. And then there's this like pull inside of you of what you must do. Yes. That's really the thing that's for you. And it really helped clarify for me. Um, and I think that was really the switch moment where I was like, I, I have to do this. This is, this is my must, you know, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. And so the, you, the second part of the question you asked, um, how I stumbled upon life coaching. So while I was gone, I mean, I was gone for four months. So this was no short period of time. I was gone for a very long time and I went all around the world and there was a lot of lessons that I learned in that time. So much trust that I learned and and dove into um, really learning to trust God and the universe more for provision all along the way, learning to trust people in a different way. Um, And I was reading so much along the way, you know, there was so much I was reading and learning and doing discovery and journaling. I'm a big time journaler. So there was just a lot of self-reflection is what I'm, I'm really trying to say here. And, and I just, when I came back, I was so clear and I had built a business in my mind based on all of these learnings and journalings that I had done, but I had no framework and I had no context for what that was because I had literally never heard of life co- coaching, never mm-hmm. heard of it. I just knew that I wanted to help people along the journey that I myself had been on. I wanted to help people along the journey of self-discovery and helping people through life's ups and downs and all this stuff. Um, And when I came home, I enrolled in this program with Rebecca Tracy called Uncage Your Business because I had this business idea, but I didn't have any like solid foundation underneath it. Mm-hmm. And when I was describing to people in Uncage Your Business, which is a program I highly recommend, by the way, but when I was describing that in, the, in, in Uncage Your Business, the business that I wanted to do, people were like, you mean life coaching? Is that what you mean? And I was like, huh, I don't know what, what that is, is that? but yeah. I will check into that. And so when I, when I talked to somebody and told them that I had never heard of life coaching, she was like, oh man, I'm a life coach is what the thing that I am most passionate about. I am happy to give you a session if you would like to experience life coaching, which was such a generous offer. Um, I still remember this session, like everything about the session. 
So we get into the session, I experience it. And it was in that session where I experienced life coaching for the first time, where it literally felt like the cogs in a wheel, just like falling into place. Uh, Um, And I was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is what I've been (laughs) searching for. There's a name for it. There's a path that has already been paved. I don't have to pave my own path. Um, This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And now that I knew what it was, I was able to investigate, you know, life coach trainings, um, enroll in in the training um, and get my certification, which took a year more of work. Yes. You know, it was it was a long journey from there. But that was sort of the initial discovery of of what it was and how how I started that journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot more of like factors that you looked into, but it's so cool how you were like that specific scenario gave you that alignment that you were looking for. And probably from then onwards, that was like your solid, you know, direction to say yes or no to certain things. Um, so when it comes to life coaching and your, you know, conversations with your, um, your own clients, uh, as well, What was that experience like being on the other side um, of the conversation? Being a coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coaching is the most natural and beautiful thing to me in the entire world. So when I was doing physical therapy, everybody would always compliment me so much and say how great I am at it. And I I am a great therapist. I will own that. Um, and I also always thought in my head when people would say that, well, you should imagine if I'm this good at something that I don't really feel in full alignment with, imagine how I am at something where I am like my full self, fully embodied doing what I meant to do. Um, I mentioned that because I think a lot of times we can get distracted by the things that are good and have that distract us from the things that are better, you know? Um, So, yeah, I I think that I could have easily gotten distracted in that. Well, I'm good at this. You know, I'm I'm good at the PT, but I'm phenomenal at coaching. But what what it's like for me, um, it feels like such an honor, really, just to hold space for people, for them to bring me their most tender and intimate and vulnerable parts Mm -hmm. to allow me to see them in those moments, to hold space for it. and not as a way for me to fix or to save, but to point people back to themselves and to point people back to the wisdom that they have within themselves and mm-hmm. um, really allow sort of a broader scope and someone to bounce things off of and see things potentially in a little different way, tap them back into their power, tap them back into some different solutions that they may not have seen. Um, but it gives me energy. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, listening to people's challenges and issues all day and da da da. Doesn't that like drain you? Is there only so much that you can do? Um, it gives me energy. It gives me life. I get so excited and so happy. You know, um, there are those moments that are really hard where clients are emotional and they're going through hard things and different challenges in their life. Um, and I hold space for that. And I also hold space for the good stuff. You know, it's also times where clients will voxer me or be on a session and they'll tell me all of these um, new ways of coping and being with things that just brings me so much joy. So 
on my end, it feels like full pleasure, full body pleasure and joy. Yeah. And going back to the conversation or the thought that you shared where, you know, photography was something that you felt so at home for you. um, And then you went into physical therapist and now you're a life coach. I guess across those life experiences, what would you say would be um, a highlight of your of of your lifetime so far that really made you realize that of your fullest potential? Hmm. A highlight of each one or a highlight explain that to me a little bit more. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, definitely a highlight for each um, chapter of your life mm-hmm. um, of those three things that you've mentioned and how those have you know, informed and influenced your decision-making down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with photography, I would say a highlight that I can think of is that when I was in college, I took another photography class where I could do all my own darkroom work. And it happened to line up with a trip that I was able to take to Nicaragua. And so I was able to take my film camera, um, take multiple rolls of film, obviously, while I was there and come back and develop all of my own film and all of, you know, each of the pictures mm-hmm. on my own. Um, and, and really that key highlight there was just like this beautiful creation process from start to finish and how mm-hmm. that takes time and how it takes devotion to the process and trusting the process throughout, you know, Mm -hmm. like even when you can't see anything at all and you've got that tub where you're just bathing the, um, the film and, and developing chemicals, um, just being faithful to the vision too. I think that you had artistically and the life that, that creativity can, can bring you. I, I think, you know, most of my life I've taken the path of arts, uh, of science rather of science and math and, you know, Mm. physiology and anatomy. And I've leaned into that stuff hard. Um, but I actually think I'm much more of a creative person than I am a scientific person. I think my brain works much more creatively. So yeah, that key for me is just, learning to honor that creative side of me and that creative vision. Um, Mm -hmm. Concerning physical therapy, gosh, that's been a 12 year long career. So that's very hard to even sum up, but I think the skills that I have from physical therapy that I will carry with me always. And that I'm so grateful for, um, I don't think without my background and my doctorate level education in physical therapy and my 12 years of clinical experience in it, I don't think I would be the coach that I am today mm. because it really informs the holistic mind body perspective that I have. Mm-hmm. So because I have such a strong background in the body, I'm able to really integrate that in my coaching sessions. Um, and instead of being all cognitive based and all, you know, mind, 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 I'm really able to take it to the place where I'm incorporating and I understand the impact that the body has on the mind and on a much deeper level. Um, I'm also, to be quite frank with you, you know, in physical therapy, you're dealing with people who are in a lot of pain and they're in a very vulnerable 
position. Like sometimes mm-hmm. after really major surgeries, really major things have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, sometimes people have had really major accidents. You're dealing with people with a lot of fear mm-hmm. and rightfully so, right? They're in very tender places in their lives. Um, and so the communication skills and just the ability to deal with people when they are in that much fear and that much pain are also really lifelong skills that, that serve me really well in coaching, but also just in interpersonal skills, um, in life. So mm-hmm. it's been a huge blessing and something that I will always carry forward. Um, life coaching, my goodness, I, I think life coaching is like the greatest teacher in the entire world. And obviously I'm a huge advocate for it. Um, life coaching changed my life and entirely. Um, when I went through my coaching training, we had to do, we had to receive as many hours of coaching as we gave, Mm -hmm. um, because we were, you know, the people who were, we were coaching was also coaching us to get their hours in, um, and receiving that level of coaching and receiving coaching for that many hours completely changed me. Um, so really with life coaching, the, the key takeaways, the turning points for me is just really having the tools and the ability not only to understand myself, but to relate to myself and to others and to life mm-hmm. and to God in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to break these old patterns of relating. I didn't know, I didn't have any other skill set, you know? Yeah. So it's given me a completely different skill set. It's allowed me to be um, so much more open, so much more curious, so much more um, vulnerable, um, really allowed me to flow with life more instead of controlling things so much yes. and, and being so fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, so really with coaching, it's the tools and the skill set that I've, I've been given and that I now love to give to other people that has allowed me to not just be surviving in life to, but to be thriving and to yes. yeah. enjoy my life. No, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think yeah. it shows that in every part of your discovery of your self discovery, there's always something that brings you closer to, you know, who you are right now. And I really love the, I, I actually never thought about it that way where, you know, being a physical therapist, you're actually dealing with, the mind body connection, you know, feel your body. What does your body, what's your body telling you? Um, because it's so true. Sometimes you think about certain things and sometimes these are things that your body have already signaled you way before, but you've kind of ignored it. So it's yes. beautiful that you're able to bring that perspective into life coaching. And when you mentioned about, you know, being able to change, having those that conversation, being coached in coaching, um, that's such a beautiful like relationship already that you've built within probably the industry itself. Um, and so I'm curious to learn more about. You mentioned that you've changed in terms of the way you relate you relate to people, and your you mentioned about codependency and healthy relating. Can you share a bit more about your as they experience with that and how has that really changed from A to B with your journey? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in a household where there was an addict in my household, which for those of you who have had similar experiences, addiction in homes just breeds codependency. 
Um, so many of the women that I coach who are trying to heal from codependency have mm-hmm. had an alcoholic or an addict in the home. Not that that always has to be the case, but um, it's just very, very common. Um, and so within my home, there was chaos. There was lack of boundaries. There mm-hmm. was enmeshment. Um, there was me at a very young age feeling like I had to minimize and have no needs in order mm-hmm. to not take up space and take time and attention away from like trying to solve and fix this addiction problem within my family. And so I learned all sorts of things through that, right? I learned, like I said, to have no needs, to minimize myself, to keep myself small and quiet. I learned to be the good girl who mm-hmm. always over-excelled and overachieved and did everything right so nobody had to worry about me. Um, I learned to be perfect, you know? Yeah. I learned to strive for perfection and to not be satisfied with anything less than perfection. I learned that, only when other people are okay and the chaos around me is minimized, can I then be okay? You know? So I learned so many of these things growing up and it really wasn't until, um, I wasn't aware of any of this really until I got into more of my romantic relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. as I got older, um, the relationship that I've already mentioned that blew up, I still really wasn't aware of things like that then. Um, it really started to become more apparent, even in friendships, I would get a lot of anxiety of, um, did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Are they going to not be friends with me anymore? Who do I need to be in order for people to like me? Um, mm. just a lot of what I would just label this underarching umbrella, of course, of codependency, but relationship mm-hmm. anxiety, you know? Yeah. If, if people that are listening can just relate to, to feeling anxious in relationship. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I felt all the time. But outwardly presenting, people would always say, you know, oh, you're so strong. You're so confident. You've got strong opinions. You've got everything all together. You know, I had doctorate yeah. level education. So it wasn't anything um, people could really put a finger on externally. But that's what was going on inside me, right, was this relationship anxiety that I felt all the time of who do I need to be and what do I need to do in order to be okay and to make other people like me, you know. Um, And so really all of that, um, really it was through lots of counseling and through lots of life coaching that I have learned to break that codependency and mm-hmm. to step into more of feeling safe within myself, feeling secure within myself, mm-hmm. feeling grounded within my own worth and my own worthiness, mm-hmm. um, not dependent on anything external to me and, and being able to hold healthy boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times people will, be like, oh, we just need to have healthy boundaries, but they haven't done a lot of foundational work that is necessary in order to even implement those boundaries. Um, So learning to have healthy boundaries, learning to really, for me, I had to rediscover how to have a me, how to have a self while still being in relationship. Mm. Because I would just lose myself in relationship entirely. Mm-hmm. In order to have relationship, I learned that I just had to self-abandon. I had to, I had to do whatever the other person mm-hmm. was wanting. I had to be whoever they needed me to be because 
for me to be okay, you had to be okay. Yeah. You have to like me in order for me to be okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so I've had to learn how to be in this place where, you know, I can allow you to be you and I don't have to control you. And simultaneously I can be me and I can have a sense of self simultaneously and how to have those boundaries simultaneously. And, and I went through a journey of really going from codependence, like yes. I've described, and then I swung the other way, which is actually kind of the same thing. It's just opposite side of the pendulum to hyper-independence, like I'm talking mm. about. You know, you get wounded in relationship and then you go to this place of, well, I don't need anybody. Yes. <laughs> I'm by myself. Yeah. I don't need anybody at all. All, all relationships do is cause trouble. Yes. Um, yeah. And they wound me and they hurt me and no, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I got married very late. I got married at 35. Not that anybody needs to get married at all in order to be, you know, I, relationships are relationships. You don't need yes. to have a long-term <laughs> or committed partnership. But for me, merit for me personally, marriage was something that I desired. Yeah. But I was still in this, um, state of like hyper independence, pushing it away. I don't it. Yeah. I'm going to travel the world my whole life. I don't, yeah. I don't want any relationship. So, you know, for me, it's, it's been a learning how to be in sovereignty and simultaneously be interdependent with others, how to learn, how to ask for help, yes. how to receive help, how to be open, how to be vulnerable and yet simultaneously have that sense of self in my relationship. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful journey. I'm sure it's it probably feels so rewarding to be in that place, in that very safe space for yourself. Um, I can definitely relate as well when you mentioned about um, swinging to the other end, like both extremes, uh, because you're just like, I've tried this, but you've never like really explored the spectrum, right? The middle ground, which is interdependence. I think interdependence is the most beautiful thing if you're with someone who has that mentality as well where you both have a sense of self but isn't are not afraid to you know open yourself up to being vulnerable and to trusting each other so I am I'm really glad that you shared that sentiment mm -hmm. and that that's like a really beautiful journey that you've gone through um so yeah Kim um there's so much like in terms of, you mentioned about, okay, so you mentioned about interdependence um, and you also mentioned about um, sovereignty. I guess those two things I really would want to dive into much more. So I, I know that there's a few people that I know of who understands the full image and full picture of interdependence, but generally it's either or that I've been noticing. Um, and how would you... I guess, how would you share this idea of interdependence and what, what does that really mean or entail for someone who's struggling to either trust someone or to trust themselves? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the thing that I would share is that the thing that I see most often, I think that we live in a society that applauds independence mm -hmm. and applauds hyper-independence and really doesn't talk about interdependence mm -hmm. and what ends up happening with that, whether it be a childhood situation like me, where you mm -hmm. learned to have no needs, or it's just that we live in a hyper-independent society where, like I said, independence is applauded. Um, I think the message that gets internalized is that 
I'm more worthy when I need nothing and no Uh one. And so the thing that I would most like to share with people is that we've got to learn to be okay with having needs and to realize that that is just part of being human. You know, Um, I think that we can attach so much stigma and so much shame to, oh man, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. That means that I must be deficient in some way because I can't do it all alone. Right. Um, And what I would say is that you were never meant to. As human beings, we are designed to be connected to each other and we're designed to depend on each other's support. And everything is designed to um, really go in a cyclical circular flow of, you know, of, of I am filled up and I can give, and then I'm giving to the other person and that's going to fill them up and they can give, you know, and around and around and, and we are all connected. And so I think the place to start with that is really starting to unpack what stories do you have around your needs? Mm-hmm. Where did they come from? Do you still want to subscribe to them? You know, mm-hmm. um, what are you making having needs mean? What are you doing to avoid having needs? All of these things. And, and how can you start to get more comfortable um, with with having needs and with sharing them and with depending on other people in a way that feels safe to you, you know, mm-hmm. cause you can't go straight from that hyper independence of, I have no needs and I need no one to, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to vent and um, yeah. pour out all my needs to somebody. That's not, that's not how that works. So how yeah. can you start to voice some of those things to a person that is safe And really also to think about something I ask my clients all the time. I'm like, how do you feel when somebody asks you for something and needs something from you? Yes. And they're like, I love it. It makes me feel great. I I feel amazing when I give to other people, you know? And then I remind people of when you are not asking for help, you're depriving somebody of that feeling. You're depriving them of being able to... um, walk in that purpose in that way. So yeah, those are some places that I would, that I would start to unpack. No, that's, that's really beautiful. Um, sorry, give me one. Yeah. Of, you know, what you've experienced growing up, you're still able to blossom into where you are right now. And so how, when you, when you had your first coaching session, and that uh, with, with the person that where you discovered your alignment, was that a conversation where you felt like you wanted to, you had in mind the style of coaching in already? So, oh no. No. Oh, so, okay. when I initially had the session, because career mm-hmm. had been such a struggle for me, I was originally thinking that I wanted to be a um, career coach which is so funny to me looking back (laughs) because that's not, I mean, I can do that. I am, I'm trained in everything. Um, but that's not really my, where my true passion lies. Yes. So I'm really grateful that I chose a a coaching program. The coaching program I chose was courageous living coaching certification. 
and it's a very holistic program and they, they, um, will take you through different modules on somatic coaching, on executive coaching, on career coaching, and, and they, um, use both somatic tools, which I'm so grateful for and cognitive based, um, tools and they weave them all together, um, and they do like goal-based coaching, which is a lot of times what you think coaching is, but they're also very process-based coaching oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and by having all of those things and by having, you know, there were different lead coaches that would teach us and, and coach in front of us. So we got to see very different styles of coaching, um, not one particular style of coaching. And, and during the certification, the leader, Kate, um, of the program would always say, I'm not trying to turn you into me. I'm trying to turn you into you and for you to be your that. style yeah. of coaching. Right. Um, and for you to discover what your, what your thing is and what your style of coaching is. Um, and so it was through many, many hours of coaching that I was really able to see what I was gravitating towards. And I'm a very process oriented coach and much less yeah. goal oriented coach, extremely process based, based, like I said, somatic and cognitive together. Um, I would probably lean more somatic than a lot of people um, just because I include it. A lot of times it's not included at all in coaching. Um, And it was really through coaching many, 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 many people that sort of my current niche, if you want to label it that, really revealed itself of what I'm most passionate about and, and sort of the history that I have, how I can best serve and how those things align. Mm-hmm. And with that, Kim, I, I definitely would want our audience to learn more about your coaching because I think, you know, especially during these times, we're all now working remotely. So that also disconnects us from people in the workplace. Um, I'm, I guess, first of all, where can we find you? Um, and then I'll ask you more questions. But yes, where can we find you? Yeah, best place to find me is Instagram. As I said, I love yes. the gram. Um, Kim Campbell Coaching. My last name is spelled K-I-M-B-A-L-L. So Kim Campbell Coaching is where I am on Instagram. Next next best place is my website. And that's the same, KimKimballCoaching.com. Mm-hmm, great. And definitely everyone check Kim's um, Instagram. I'm, I'm following her already. And there's a lot of nice insights in there, whether that's through her um, guesting on other podcasts, her content. Uh, there's really a lot of information that you can learn more about healthy relating and healing as well. And so, yes, Kim, I'm curious to know uh, just a few more questions before we wrap up. But what would your biggest advice be for people who are working remotely right now and trying to navigate around being able to, you know, keep like be able to relate with the people they live at home while being able to try to connect with people at work online? Yeah, my biggest advice surrounding that is to... um, this can feel a little bit intangible, but it's something that I work on with clients a lot. And that is to start to pay attention to and honor your own capacity. So that is like my Mm -hmm. number, number one thing um, in this situation. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people will override their own capacity for what they feel like they quote unquote should do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
like I'm online all day and I, I have my, you know, I'm working from home and literally the moment that I wake up, I'm going to be checking emails yeah. or you've got no boundaries <laughs> around work, right? There's no yeah. boundaries whatsoever. And, and by, by, let's say by lunchtime, um, you haven't listened to your capacity of what your body is telling you. And by lunchtime, you're like feeling jittery and anxious and overwhelmed because you've been blowing past your capacity all day. So what I mean by capacity is what do I have mental space for? What do I have emotional space for? How, am, what am I up for physically? You know, sort of seeing how much of a battery you have for all of those things and allowing that to inform what you are actually doing instead of just doing it and never checking in with yourself. And then you've overridden your capacity and you're staying in a constant state of overwhelming burnout. And it's mm. so much easier to do that when you're working from home because you've got no boundaries that anybody else is imposing on you as far as work hours or, you know, lunchtime or um, things like that. It really, the ball is much more in your court to, to be mindful of those things. And, and there's more flexibility to set up your day um, to really honor your capacity and what, what works best for you. Mm-hmm. So all of that is not so easy, what I'm telling you, because most of the time our um, society has really taught us to tune out all of those body sensations that are telling us what our capacity is. You know, most of the time when I first start working with my clients, they're like, they, they, don't, they don't feel it and they don't know until they're already in the overwhelm and burnout mode, right? Yeah. So it's a practice to slowly start to become more mindful of those body sensations of when your body is first telling you, yeah, no, I'm done here. And I need to turn off the email notifications and I need to log off of this zoom meeting. And I need to relate to some humans that are in person right now, you know, yes. things like that. hundred percent. And I think that's a super valid, um, insight uh, for anyone who's listening in here probably most people are going to be taking that and learning from it because it's true right you're always on uh, when you're working remotely everything's like everything's urgent everything's like email okay I'm going to sign on I'm going to turn on my screen right after I wake up and that's not healthy because it also kind of spirals down in other relationships that you have probably at home with the people you live with. So I'm, I'm really glad that you, you've shared the importance of knowing your capacity and living by it. Um, and Kim, last thing that I wanted to ask you was, uh, what is your love message to yourself? Ooh, my mm-hmm. love message to myself. Yes. I want to let that percolate for a minute. <laughs> my love message to myself is that I get to be myself Mm. and that I get to be all that I was created to be and that who I am is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Short and sweet. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Kim. Super appreciate your presence and definitely learned a lot from you in this conversation. I'm sure people who are listening in definitely have learned a lot as well. So everyone, don't forget to check out Kim and Instagram, Kim Kimball Coaching, as well as her website, KimKimballCoaching.com. So we'll say goodbye for now, but Thank you for having I'm me. definitely... 
Yes, thank you for being here. Super appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was, you know, better time. So it'll be nice to like visit different cities and just like see people in person. But this is like really helpful. And thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chrissy. No problem. Bye, Kim. Bye. Here's to hoping that your day is filled with peace, joy, and love. Keep speaking your truth and manifesting your dreams and always remember to nurture healthy relating. You may be told that you're not that special, but hey, you matter because you are unique. You are put in this earth as an energy container and it's time to open yourself up and share what you've got. I am so rooting for you and hope to have you here again at Moments with Christy.